markets, screenings, half hour meeting sessions and too much rosé for one liver to take. As the industry jets over to Cannes, we look at the stories that we set in the agenda at MIP TV. In news, Banerjee becomes a survivor, a new TV festival is born and we reveal the most in-demand series of 2016. Welcome to the TVI MIP TV podcast. Welcome to the TBI podcast. Uh, I'm Deputy Editor Jesse Whittock and I'm joined by Stuart Clark, TBI's editor. Uh, now, this week we've gone slightly uh, Hunter S. Thompson, a bit off the uh, beaten track. Uh, producer Brad is away, uh, but he's left us the keys to an empty TBI Tower studio. Uh, we're recording in a slightly DIY style, so hoping the sound quality is okay uh, and that you're that it's a good listen on, on your way over to MIP TV. So... First up, news stories, what's been going on in the news in the TV world. This morning, as we record, uh, we got a nice big scoop ahead of the market. Banerjee Group has bought the rights to Survivor, or the reality show that, in, in effect, created that entire genre, Stuart. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we got that story this morning, which was nice. And what it means is that Banerjee buys Castaway, which is the production company that makes that show, and it kind of feels like it might not be the most talked about show but it's on air in the US on CBS it's still all over the world and then Banerjee Wrights will be selling it internationally once the deal once the deal is closed and of course Castaway is the production company that is owned by um, Charlie Parsons who created Survivor yeah. or Expedition Robinson or Colanta as it is also known uh, along with Bob Geldof uh, Bob Geldof rather and Bob oh, Bob is off in a sense he's uh, he's no longer with the company <laughs> yeah that that's true and lord wahid ali who is of silvergate media and and uh, ex, ex of korean yeah exactly octonauts fame and uh, and a, a big player in the international tv biz uh, so it's interesting to see actually jesse that banerjee is in the news again uh, just as a market kicks off yeah absolutely and and for more positive news uh, this this time around if you guys cast your minds back to mipcom story broke a sort of formats war type story that involved Banerjee, uh, one of their production companies and Abbott Hamieri which is the Israeli company backed by Fremantle Media and that was all over ownership of a particular format uh, all against one. That's right which is still and that situation is still not resolved still rumbling along um, and that, that cast have put a pretty uh, miserable shadow over MIPCOM, yeah, to be so, fair, in the format space. So, you know, nice to see that this is a, a slightly more positive uh, story. They're also rebranded, aren't they? They've got a big new stand. They're having a party down there. So uh, head down there and have a drink and, and buy some either. Yes, yeah, see what's going on at the Banerjee Wright stand. So, Jesse, what else? This week, uh, the big news was also coming out of the UK in terms of what Barclays was doing, which yeah. is not something we, we might ordinarily say. No, exactly. Uh, in general, when banks get involved with television companies, it's because there is a bit of cash flow problem and uh, they've come to you know steal the mixing desk and, and recoup some of the cash. In a sense, though, this is also a story about cash flow, isn't it? So why don't you explain what it is, Jesse? It's effectively... Uh, a Netflix fund? Well, it seems that way. It's uh, So Barclays has revealed it's launching a £100 million, that's a sort of $130 million fund for TV programmes. And they, they specifically say TV shows, UK-produced TV shows, but they also reference the fact that they've launched it in response to the demand they're seeing that's being created by companies like Netflix and Amazon particularly 
we know that those guys are by far and away the most prolific commissioners of content now uh, around the world. So this is basically to get to allow UK companies to just get into production quickly. Um, now, there's a there's an interesting kind of undercurrent to this whole thing that we've been we've been aware of for a while and it's quite difficult to talk about but um that there are sources in the in the production industry not just in the uk but around the world who tell us that the way netflix structures its its commission deals is quite quite difficult for indies because it's kind of set to targets and um the money doesn't necessarily come in for a couple of years so this is at least giving companies cash flow up front so they can produce the shows and then they start making the money back once netflix has launched them yeah a way of mitigating the fact that netflix Netflix's terms means that it pays over a longer period, which if you're a you know, small, medium-sized indie can, can be a problem. So there you go, there's 100 million on the table. I think Rough Cut were the first in, weren't they? The guys that yeah. make people just do yeah. nothing. Yeah, Asher Tala must have, uh, must have had the heads up on that, and he's, yeah, he's got some, some funding away. So there you go, it's happening, go and get it. People stories that were moving the dial for us this week were an MTV exec going to Vice and... A Viacom exec also going to Vice. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, interesting. So, Lo- Viacom exec, sorry to interrupt but, you. But, yeah, uh, yeah, Lauren Dolgan, who, who was ex-MTV, uh, left last year, I think as part of that restructuring that was going on around the boardroom battle between Philippe Dalmon and, and National Amusements, the, the Redstones. Um, so she, Lauren Dolgan, was the sort of reality chief over there. Uh, things like 16 and Pregnant, you can, you can uh, credit her for. Been a big format for MTV. Um, but she left uh, at that point and has now turned up at Vice, uh, which is you know, going great guns in, in sort of it's, the way it's staffing up and the commissioning it's making around its new Viceland channel which is rolling out internationally. So, you know, the hipsters are, are coming, whether the, the ratings on TV uh, back that up or not. Um, and it's also uh, moving more heavily into France. Uh, it's, uh, it's hired Nicolas Bonnard to become president of uh, Vice France. Uh, so he was ex-Discovery, ex-Viacom. Uh, it's, you know, it's more of the same. And I think them. they've already, they're kind of on the uh, Eddie Moretti and, and Shane Smith and... Uh, those guys have already said that they're going to do originals, aren't they? Aren't they in France? It's kind of one of their sort of you know key markets, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. Because they they're on Canal Plus over there. Uh, another uh, MIP TV reference. If you remember Eddie on stage uh, with his glass of white wine and and cool uh, pork pie hat, uh, announcing that deal. I think it was this time last year. Might have been uh, might have been eighteen months ago. And yeah, so clearly more vice in France. Staying in France, we all know about the now official 2018 uh, Cannes International Festival of Series, which, uh, which Read Me Dem uh, and the City of Cannes and Canal Plus are working up. So that's going to be a screenings-focused festival, similar to the Cannes Film Festival. Whilst that was happening, there was also a separate process going on that was being led by the French Ministry of Culture, uh, and that was to launch effectively the same thing. Pretty much, yes. I mean, I think I think in many respects, what is happening in terms of the Cannes Series Festival that you alluded to is because Cannes fell out of the running to do this separate event, which is now going to happen in Lille. And Cannes said, we're doing it anyway. They're doing it with Reed, Medem and Canal Plus. So, you know, so it's a very strong set of partners. All of them know how to put stuff on down in Cannes. Uh, Lille is not known as a festival town, but it will have backing of kind of the local authorities, 
um, and then they're looking for you know quote unquote industrial partners. But what it means in effect is that there are three big TV series festivals um, just in France. Because you've got Series Mania, which series is Mania, after which is, MIP TV. Exactly, soon after MIP TV and has really gone from strength to strength. It's very different to MIP. It's more kind of co-production and production. It's not about distribution and buying and selling. But what you do see is internationally, that's become a key event already. So whether Lille can establish it, itself next to that and can... Uh, you know, you would. I think you would ask the question. You'd be. It would be fair to ask the question whether you know the French market can sustain three. Whether it's a, you know a golden age of drama or not. What's how's your how's your French, Stuart? Mine's terrible, and I feel like we might be spending more and more time over with our our Gallic friends. Yeah, well, mine's average, but I think it's about to get better. Right, right. Uh, we are also recording on the day that the UK uh, officially moves out of the or, or sets the process in motion to. Get out of Europe, uh, so maybe um, we won't be going. More <laughs> so perhaps it'll be prohibitively expensive. Who knows? Let's think about MIP itself. We're about to head out there. Uh, TBI, as ever, will be uh, you know along the Quasette in the Grand, doing interviews, video interviews, etc. What are the real highlights this time? What, what what's worth looking out for, Jesse? Uh, so Monday afternoon, I think all of the journalists uh, will be converged around a press conference where there'll be more details about the uh, aforementioned Cannes uh, TV festival. So there's going to be a lot of news coming out on the Monday of the market, which you know sometimes there's a story that sets the tone for the market. Maybe that's the one because this is they're kind of coming out show and tell for the Cannes Series Festival. So we're really going to find out what's going on. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, Maxine Sada is there, the mayor, uh, David Liznard is there. So these are all Pelleran. the big hitters. Um, yeah, um, I think we'll know a lot more about that uh, come sort of five o'clock uh, Monday afternoon, French local time. What else is going on? So probably the biggest screening, uh, fair to say, uh, A&E are holding. That's for Nightfall, which is uh, one of their big new dramas. Now, that's been backed by a Hollywood uh, action star of the Marvel Universe, Jeremy Renner. Who, um, who word, word reaches us, will be in Cannes. Yeah, and, and as I think Dominic Minghella, uh, the director of that series, director-creator, is also going to be in Cannes. And it might be a chance for you know the, the uh, autograph hunters to, uh, to grab five minutes with Jeremy. We're not quoting A&E on that, so we don't know, but um, it's that, it sounds like it might be the way. Also on the celebrity front, we've got Gary Barlow, who I've written down here as Garlo Barlow, um, but it's certainly Gary Barlow, the uh, Take That singer. It's not a tribute act. It's, it's not Gar- yeah, Garlo Barlow will not be in town. He's, he's somewhere else. Um, yeah, no, he's good. Uh, but Gary Barlow will be in town, and he's promoting Let It Shine, which has been one of the BBC Worldwide's big pushes over the last uh, few months. I think it's safe to say that the market needs a big new entertainment format, and Worldwide are getting really, really behind this, and, and uh, Garlo Barlow, as he's now known, <laughs> is, is clearly uh, really helping them with their marketing efforts and, and getting yeah. involved, yeah. whether, whether yeah. this is the one remains to be seen. And then I think there's a big run-through of a new show out there. From yeah, Sky. yeah, Sky Vision are putting on uh, a run through of a show called Don't Ask Me. Um, and yeah, that, that looks like it could be quite interesting. They're doing that on the Tuesday. Um, there's, and there's a few other names in town. Uh, James Martin's got a new show uh, He's where he travels through France. That'll be getting a push out there, I think. And James Martin is the UK presenter, chef. It, it looks like another very busy week uh, in, in Cannes. 
um, you know, prepare yourselves, get your uh, Barocca ready, uh, get, you know, make sure you sleep, all that, all that usual stuff that we all forget to do. But it should be a good one, I think, all in all, Stuart. It feels like it's uh, quite positive. There's a, the the, the energy is quite good. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's kind of the. I think a lot of people ahead of the markets have been going to them for a long time, and there's almost a sense of like, oh, here we go again. Once you're down in Cannes, let's be honest, the sun is shining. People are doing deals. There's lots of news. It's it's a good trip. And Jesse, back to you. We have some exclusive data from our friends at Parrot Analytics, which reveals some of the most what shows just in Europe. In right? Europe for t- in 2016. So this is yeah, you won't you won't get this data anywhere else. It's uh, some really interesting stats here, uh, particularly for for the drama aficionados out there. Um, so, two guesses. Most in-demand show in Europe last year. Uh, it might it might be epic. I, I would have I would have said The Walking Dead, based on its huge US numbers. However, it turns out it's Game of Thrones. So, The Walking Dead's number one rival in the big cable drama sphere. So how uh, close? How close uh, are they? I mean, in, the, it, in, the, in the demand ratings that Parrot do. I mean, it, it's not close. That's the interesting thing. So, uh, Parrot's demand ratings are drawn from all sorts of data points. So they're looking at virtually any way that you can interact with a show online. They've got an amazing uh, technological setup over there. Something that's actually increasingly being used by distributors, Absolutely. studios. It's, yep. it's quite a neat way of measuring more than just an overnight or a plus three or plus seven. Uh, absolutely. And we've been working with them for a while and they, they do work with, with other trades, uh, you know, increasingly so. But we've, we've been working them for a long time because I think it's, a, it's an interesting way to gauge that information that you don't get from Amazon and Netflix and all of the other SVOD players. So uh, going back to uh, this, this uh, European title for 2016, Game of Thrones the average demand rating it got was uh, two million seven hundred and seven five hundred and sixty-seven demands. Okay, and that compares with Walking Dead's one million seven hundred and fifty-eight five hundred and sixty-five. It's a, it's a huge a huge amount. Clearly, the Europeans love Game of Thrones. They love uh, they love the White Walkers and the, and Jon Snow. However, they might have to get used to the fact that Game of Thrones is coming to an end. Yes. Whereas. I think this week they said The Walking Dead could go to 20. Oh, that's soon. right. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, Scott Gimple, the um, Walking Dead showrunner, uh, was quizzed by, I'm not sure who, possibly one of the uh, entertainment magazines over in the US, or it could have been at a, another press event. In any case, uh, he was basically saying that the way the uh, Walking Dead graphic novels or comics are structured, which basically the tagline for those is like it's the zombie story that doesn't end. It, it could just effectively go on and on forever. He's basically saying you could apply that model to what happens on television. So he's not he's not looking at, you know, in whereas Game of Thrones has two more seasons, one of seven episodes and then another of six. So effectively 13 episodes and, and it's done. That's it. There's an end. There's an end point. It's been written. They know exactly what's happening. The Walking Dead has no such plans. Um... Robert Kirkman, who writes the novels, I don't think he's necessarily ever given any indication of when he thinks the uh, the comic series might end. Although, in fairness, I'm not sure if George R. R. Martin has uh, has actually got quite to the end, has he, with uh, with Game of Thrones? Oh, I think it's taken him a while to write the latest book, and there's uh, the, the fans are getting a bit uh, itchy and. Uh, it, it will actually be really interesting to see how closely the TV show um, and and the books um, ape each other. What else? So those two, I guess most people would have would have placed their money on one or the other 
Um, what else is in that list? What other shows? Are there any surprises in there? Anything that, that we might not have expected in terms of the, the most in-demand shows in Europe last year? Well, I think the one that has consistently come up on our charts, which we, we send out digitally uh, once every two weeks, is um, and, and it's, it's been very consistently in these charts, is Pretty Little Liars, the, the ABC series. Um, you know, you would on the face of it, it's quite a female skewing, uh, quite niche, quite young skewing program and you might think in terms of generating demand across a huge broad spectrum that might limit what that that can actually yeah, it drum up. up over and again doesn't it because yeah. we do country specific stuff and it's that... it's popular everywhere and clearly this is a europe europe wide study this is research from from across europe and uh, and yeah it's it's in third place not too far behind the walking dead 1.446 million that's followed by westworld uh, 1.346 million which for HBO, as we've mentioned before, you know, the better that show does, the better for them because Game of Thrones is ending and they need something to take over. And so far, Westworld has, you know, largely delivered. The the reviews were probably good to middling last year. I really liked it. I think this can go a long way. So, you know, good for them there. Uh, then we go Vikings, the history show, which has consistently popped up in our charts. Uh, Big Bang Theory, CBS Which sitcom. Which is the only out-and-out comedy in there, uh, I think. Yes, that is absolutely correct, according to what we've got here. Uh, that's followed by Teen Wolf, another surprise, uh, MTV drama. Uh, American Horror Story, The Young Pope, which is the Sky European co-production starring Jude Law, and then The OA. You know, it's surprising you don't see Stranger Things in there, but you've actually seen The OA in there. And that is Netflix's only appearance in that list. It looks that way, certainly, yeah, if you're talking about Netflix uh, produced originals. So there you go. So that's uh, that's some of the stats. I mean, a few more that came out of our study. We'll put something online about this as well, so you can take a deeper dive if you want uh, and have a look at the charts. But no... No surprises that drama is by far and away the most in-demand uh, genre in, in Europe. It's 53.18% of all demand is going towards scripted uh, drama, followed by comedy, 13.84%, and then children's programmes at about 9%, and everything else is kind of, you know, uh, largest back in the dust uh, compared to those. those. So, um, yeah, interesting there. And just finally, this is quite an interesting little nugget that I, I dragged out of it. So there's a chart here looking at the top 25 channels uh, and platforms in terms of the total demand that their shows drum up. You might think that, you know, Netflix, with the plethora of shows that it's launched, uh, would take that, or you might think HBO with Game of Thrones would be there, perhaps AMC, but it's actually CBS with its kind of, with its procedurals and its sitcoms that overall is uh, is just ahead of Fox uh, and, and ABC, uh, in the top three, so it's it's actually in fact it's all U.S. networks. So it goes CBS, Fox, ABC, then HBO, then the CW. Very surprisingly, uh, then NBC, then you've got BBC, AMC, and then Netflix. So it's probably in the top ten. But and uh, and I can't see Amazon even featuring in there. So and that's a very very U.S. heavy list of, of content providers isn't it there's the bbc is in there somewhere itv is in there itv's there yeah channel uh, four yeah and beyond that there there's it's pretty much all us so it's a, it's a us uk story but predominantly us 
think it's time for us to let you all go and get prepared for MIP TV. Those of you who aren't heading to Cannes, uh, have a nice week. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another TBI podcast. Uh, Stuart, anything to add? No, looking forward to seeing everyone out there and we'll have lots of news, views and analysis from the market. Uh, uh, check out all of our platforms, so the TBI website, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, all, all of the usual places for our stuff. Uh, you can catch the TBI magazine at uh, MIPTV, MIPDoc and, and all of the other mini events around that. So uh, yeah, hope to see you in Cannes.